pastor was preaching about the need for the church to expand its walls and to reach out. And the preacher said, the church needs to walk. And someone in the background said, amen, brother, let her walk. The preacher said, the church needs to run. And the guy in the back said, amen, brother, let her run. The pastor said, the church needs to fly. And the guy in the back said, amen, brother, let her fly. And the pastor said, folks, it's going to take money. Dead silence. <laughs> and then the guy in the back yelled, let her walk. <laughs> this morning we continue our journey through 2 Corinthians and this morning we continue and we have found ourselves for some time now in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 2 Corinthians chapter 9 are both chapters on the thought of giving. And as Paul is writing this to the church of Corinth, he's been sharing with them about giving to the church that's in Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem was experiencing some great persecution. They were, were experiencing great poverty. And Paul, as he went and visited all of the churches that he had planted, he had in, was taking up an offering for the church in Jerusalem and going to go and give to them. And so he's been teaching and sharing with the church of Corinth here in chapter 8 uh, regarding that thought of giving. And this morning we want to pick up in our study and look at verses 10 through 15. So if you have your Bible handy, look with me at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 10 through 15. I'll read aloud and you can follow along with me in your copy of the scriptures. I'm reading from the English Standard Version this morning. It says, In this matter, I give my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Now, as we look at this passage and as we make our way through these verses, there are two headings that we're going to use, and, and they're going to guide us through this. In verses 10 through 12, we see the expectation. And then in verses 13 through 15, we see the explanation. Before we dive into this this morning, let's just have a word of prayer. Great God in heaven, I thank you for this day that you've given to us, and I thank you for the opportunity we have, Lord, just to gather together and just to be able to look into your word. And I pray, Lord, this morning, as we look into your word, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us, Lord. And I pray that when we leave this morning, Lord, we'll be able to say that we've heard from you, not the ramblings of some man, but that we've heard from you. And Lord, we know that in order for that to happen, 
You need to take my mind and my heart and my tongue, and Lord, just allow us to hear what you'd have us to hear. Allow me to share, Lord, what needs to be shared. And I pray, Lord, I wouldn't share anything more, and I pray I certainly wouldn't share anything less either. Lord, we're grateful for who you are, especially grateful for your word today. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. So as we begin this morning, the first thing we want to see is the expectation. Look at verse 10 with me, and it begins this way. It says, in, and in this matter. Now, Paul had been visiting churches, and as he was visiting the churches he planted, he was talking to them about giving to the church in Jerusalem. And we see that in several different places where he stopped and shared. He was talking about the gathering or the giving to the church that was in Jerusalem because of the tough time that they were going through. Now, Paul wrote to the people of Corinth in 1 Corinthians regarding this giving. And here in chapter 8, he begins addressing it again. Uh, the church in Corinth had been giving to the church of Jerusalem. And he shared this in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 3. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you are also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collection when I come. And when I arrive, I will send those whom you accredit by letter to carry your gift to Jerusalem. So that was what, God, what Paul was doing. He did it in Galatia, and now he uh, was in Macedonia, and now he's in Corinth and sharing it there. But something had happened between the beginning of this giving and this point that's all going on right now. The people of Corinth, uh, they were giving at the beginning, but something happened that caused them to stop their giving. Uh, the false teachers had come in and they had incited rebellion against Paul. They had shared lies about Paul, that he was walking in craftiness, that he was just nothing more than a snake oil salesman. He was just trying to be crafty. And as a result of all of those lies, as a result of all of those rumors that were taking place, the collections had halted. Now, the third letter that Paul sent to the people of Corinth, he mentioned this. And 2 Corinthians is actually the fourth letter to, to Corinth. But in 3 Corinthians, he talks about this. And Titus was the one who carried that letter and shared with them. And Titus brought back word that revival had taken place, that they had heard the truth, and this rebellion against Paul had stopped or had begun to cease. And so there was a revival, there was repentance that was going on in Corinth, and a revival. And so now Paul is picking it up, and he's encouraging them once again to begin collecting again and begin taking that money to Jerusalem again. This is 2 Corinthians 8. Verse 6, it says, Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So in this matter, this act of grace, Paul is picking that back up again, and he's instructing them again to continue that practice and pick that practice up again. Now, notice verse 10. 
he shares that it's a benefit for them. Verse 10, I give my judgment. This benefits you. Now, of course, as they collected these funds, and I'm not working, Nate. As they collected these funds, uh, these benefits were benefiting the church of Jerusalem. And, but as, and, and that's kind of a no-brainer that it would benefit the people of Jerusalem. But Paul's message here is that there's benefit for the people of Corinth as well. It doesn't only benefit the people of Jerusalem, but there's benefit for Corinth as well. It is a blessing to give to others. It is a blessing to give to others. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. This is the only place in Scripture, other in the New Testament, other than the Gospels and the book of Revelation, where we have Jesus quoted. This is Acts 20, 35. In all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, as a kid, we read that and think, boy, that's just not true. But as we grow up, we realize sometimes it's easier to give than it is to receive. And Jesus says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, as we think about this and as we think about them giving to the church in Jerusalem, there will be temporal blessing for giving. Uh, Jesus shared about this in Luke 6, verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use it, will be measured back to you. So there is, uh, there is temporal blessing in giving. Now, I think as we think about this, uh, this often is so misused, but there is temporal blessing in giving. There is also eternal blessing in giving as well. This is Philippians 4, verse 17. It says this, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul is sharing that with the people of Philippi, that there will be credit for them as they give. Because as we give in the name of the Lord and we're giving for the Lord, God sees that. Not everybody notices it. It's not always recorded correctly in the church registration, but God sees that. God notices our giving. Now, as we think about this, as we think about the church of Corinth giving, it was something that the church of Corinth desired to do. Look at verse 10. It says, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So when they began this work of grace, giving to the church of Jerusalem, it was something that they desired to do. They desired to share with the people of Jerusalem. They weren't manipulated to do it. They weren't coerced to do it. The person who encouraged this, Titus and others, didn't come to them and twist their arms and say, you've got to do this or else. He didn't pass the plate six, seven times and say, we need you to do this. They were not coerced. They desired to do it. I remember a 
pastor friend of ours was starting a church in Nebraska. Yeah, there are Christians in Nebraska. <laughs> but as he started this church plant, he's, he's ministering to, to them, and the church began to grow. And so giving was something he wasn't really sure about and how to discuss and how to talk about it. He just continued to preach the word and see people's lives being saved. And one day someone came to him and said, hey, how do we start giving? We realize what's going on here. How do we start giving? And he said that was such an encouraging thing. They did what we've done, just put the plates at the back. As people came in, they gave. He was on mission support, so he started writing his supporting churches. Hey, I no longer need your support. Send that money somewhere else. We're starting to become self-sufficient. And pretty soon that church was self-sufficient. They were standing on their own because people desired to give. They, they saw the need, they saw the value of it, and so they, so they gave. And that's what here is going on with the church of Corinth here. They saw the need, they desired to do it. Uh, when these false teachers came in and incited the rebellion, when the in internal disputes started to take place, the collecting of those uh, collecting of that gift halted and a year has passed. He says, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire it. So a year has passed when since they began that work, whatever it was, it halted it, stopped it. And Paul says, you know what? Now it is time to begin that again, to pick that up and go. Now look at verse 11. He says, so now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it. There was a readiness at one time. They had a desire to contribute, and they had good intentions, and they started the task, but the task remained unfinished. Isn't there a great sense when you begin a task and you complete a task. There's kind of that sense of accomplishment. You kind of feel good about it. You know there's more projects to come, but for a moment there you kind of bask in the one project. Hey, that's one that's completed. You know, you know there's others, but, and then when you don't have it, when you start that project and you don't have it completed, you kind of hate to walk by it, don't you? <laughs> That sink is still plugged. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't want to work on that today, but we know it's there, right? We know it's staring at us. We know that that one piece of trim that isn't hung still is not hung. And we see that every time we come into the room. But man, once we get that piece of trim hung, we come in and we're just like, man, I tell you, that is a great angle I cut. <laughs> nails, perfect, perfect nails. That's good. There's kind of that accomplishment, isn't there? That's what Paul is saying here. That readiness was there. Finish the project. Finish the project. In these two chapters on giving, this is the only command that Paul gives. In these two chapters on giving, this is the only command he gives. Finish what you started. Finish what you started. Now notice what he says in verse 11. So now, finish doing it as well, so that your readiness and desiring it may be, may be matched by your completing it, out of what you have. 
He's talking about their ability here. He's talking about their ability. They were to give in proportion to what they had. This is what Paul shared with them in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that there will be no collecting when I come. He's not calling the church of Corinth to give a certain amount. Hey, really expecting $1,000 from you guys, you got to come up with this $1,000 or else. He doesn't put a number on it. He says, give as you may prosper. Give out of what you have. He doesn't tell them that they've got to give as much as the church of the, as the churches of Macedonia. Hey, you know Macedonia, they did really well. They gave $2,000. You guys should come up with at least $2,000. That would be your starting point. He doesn't do that. Uh, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 3. He says, They gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. He uses them as an example, but he doesn't say, Hey, you've got to do like they do. He doesn't share that at all. He's not calling them to give as much as your neighbor gives. Hey, you know what? Your neighbor's really good at it. You really need to think about this. He doesn't do that. He says, out of what you have. That is how you give, is out of what you have. Don't need to go in debt to give. Doesn't need to happen that way. I read about a church one time that decided to build a new building, and the challenge went out, and there were a lot of people who took on debt so that they could give to the building fund. I couldn't recommend that. I couldn't recommend that. Uh, we are to give out of what we have. And that's what he's sharing here. Now notice verse 12. For if the readiness is there, readiness speaks of this attitude of the heart. This attitude of the heart speaks of this willingness. In the people of Corinth, there was a willingness. He says, out of what you have, for if the readiness of heart is there. This speaks about the heart of the giver, not the bank account of the giver, the heart of the giver. This is 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Not a matter of saying, how little can I give and still please God? But it's a matter of from the heart. This is what I can give. This is what I will give. Deciding in his own heart. Now, as we think about that, obviously, the Lord's involved in this process, and it's, a, it's an item of prayer. It's something we're talking to the Lord about, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but sharing what God has placed on our heart. Verse 12 continues, and it says, For if the readiness is there, if the willingness is there, if the cheerful giver is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, 
not according to what a person does not have. So I'm not accountable to give based on what the Joneses' net income is. It's up to me, with me and my relationship with God, as to what to give. And it is a matter of being ready to do that, uh, seeing that what I give is acceptable when it's, because it's a hard issue, right? It's a hard issue that needs to be the concern. Not the bank account issue, but the heart issue. The heart issue. It is acceptable. Not a matter of saying, I would give if I could. I would give if I had more. But it's a matter of saying, uh, this is what I have, and this is what I'm giving from. It's a matter of the heart giving willingly. The next thing we see is the explanation. And you guys are waving at the explanation. Verse 13. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness. So Paul was not taking up this offering for the people of Jerusalem to have easy street. That was not his purpose. He wasn't making this burden uh, being, this wasn't like a transfer of wealth from the people of Corinth to the people of Israel so that the people of Corinth would be poor and the people of Israel would be rich. It wasn't a transfer of wealth. This was not what it was at all. Uh, what, what this was was a matter of giving to help someone who was in need. Not giving at the expense of themselves or their own families to take care of the others, but giving to help out the others while they were still uh, in good shape, okay? It wasn't a transfer of wealth. Some people look at communism and they say, that's the same principle the church is using. That is not it at all. It is just a helping with others who are in need not a taking in the people of Corinth being broke so the people of Jerusalem could be rich, but just a balancing, taking care of those needs, those with much, helping those who had needs. Uh, some people would say, just give until it hurts and then give until it feels better. That is not biblical at all. There is no biblical truth in that. Giving is not to bring affliction to the giver. Giving to bring poverty on oneself is not being spiritual. Giving is to be done responsibly. Verse 14. Your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. Now, at this time, the people in Jerusalem were in need, and the people of Corinth had abundance. So they were sending this gift to Jerusalem to help them out in their time of need. Now, there may come a time when the people of Corinth would be in need, and those who had abundance would be able to help the people of Corinth, because that's what they were talking about. The saints in Corinth could help out the saints in Jerusalem in their time of need, and there might be that time of need when the people of Corinth were in need and the people of Jerusalem would be able to help them out. 
That's what it is. Not a transfer of wealth, uh, but, it, but, it, but this idea of helping them in need. Now, as we think about this, there's some discernment that is needed on the part of the giver. Because as, as those who God has given to, we are required to be good stewards, right? We're to watch over and be good stewards of what God has, has given to us. And so we do need to practice discernment when we think about this. We talked two weeks ago about those who were unwilling to work. The people in Jerusalem were not people unwilling to work. Persecution was there. Uh, there was a famine in the land. They had a real need. It wasn't a matter of laziness. It was a matter of having a real need. People will take advantage of those who are generous. And so when we practice generosity, we also need to practice discernment to make sure that we're not being taken advantage of. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 10, Paul told the people of Thessalonica, a very generous group, we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking, and that's not the right verse at all. Thank you. Appreciate that. Loving support. It should be Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians three ten, I think, is where it's at. Oh yeah, Second Thessalonians three ten. The laughter helped me. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command: if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. So discernment in our generosity. We need to be aware of that. We need to be cautious of that. And that's what Paul told the people of Thessalonica uh, as well. And so we need to be aware of that. Now look at verse 15 here. It says, as it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Now this is an Old Testament picture. Uh, as you look at this, this comes from the book of Exodus. And this is in regards to the collection of manna. When people would go out, and if they had a bigger family, they would go out and they would collect more manna for their family. And when they went out and collected more, uh, that even with that large amount, there would be nothing left over. Those who didn't collect as much, they were not lacking. The manna would cover them, and they weren't lacking. Those who went out and were greedy, and they gathered an overabundance to save, their manna spoiled overnight. And so as we look at this, this is uh, the thought here is there were some that would go out and if they were in need, uh, others would go out and collect that and share that with those who were in need and that would hold up okay. But, but those who were greedy and just overcollected, uh, it would spoil and he says, this is a picture of, of how the church should be. Uh, this is a picture of the church. This is 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. So, 
We have the expectation and we have the explanation. What do we take home from this? What do we apply to our Sunday afternoons? I think the first thing that we can need to remember here as we think about this is that everything we have is a gift from God. Everything we have is a gift of God. Sometimes when we think about this being generous, when we think about this thought of giving to others, sometimes we look at what we have and we see it this way. This is mine. And we forget where it comes from. Uh, you know, as you think about COVID and how everything closed down there during COVID, didn't take long to put a stress on everything, right? Man, wake up and get to go to work today. That's a blessing from God. God is in control. Everything we have is from God. And I think we've got to remind ourselves of that sometimes. Uh, sometimes more than others maybe. And as we think about what God has given to us, we need to be good stewards of it. We need to be good stewards of it because God has entrusted to us what he's entrusted to us. Uh, he hasn't given us the Joneses' fortune, okay? He's given to me what he would have me to give. Uh, my mom told me one time when lottery first came out, I said, Mom, you, why don't you play lottery? And she says, well, I know the Lord knows I can't handle that much money. So there's no sense in me even trying. <laughs> but the Lord knows what we can do, right? And, and the Lord gives to us, and the Lord blesses us with. And, and so we need to be remindful of that, and we need to be good stewards of what God has entrusted us with. And then as we think about this, as we think about what God has given to me, and I'm being a good steward of that, am I willing to share what God has given to me? Uh, depends on the day, right? Depends on the day. But you know, as I think about that, I need to make sure that I'm meeting with God and, and discussing it with God. Hey, this, this I see a need here. Is this something that I should be? Because boy, isn't it amazing how you give to one organization and all the organizations start calling you? Uh, it just seems to happen that way. So, so how is my money uh, going to be best used for the glory of God? How can I do that? You know, there's some organizations that, that take money and then you find out that only 1.2% of it actually goes to the need, but everything else is different. So we've got to look at that and see, hey, I want to be a good steward of my money and I want to share it, but I want to be careful of where I share it. But I want to make sure that I share it. Sometimes when we think about sharing and we hear about all of those different uh, scams that are out there, that makes me not want to share with anybody. But, you know, we still have to be willing to share with those who are in need and, and those who are there. Uh, and then as we think about sharing, I do think it's an item that we need to be in prayer about. It's an item that we need to be in prayer about and, and just praying for God's guidance and direction and leading uh, where he would have us to give and, and how he would have us to give and what he would have us to give. Uh, I think we need to be mindful of that. And it's not something that we can take lightly. Uh, not something that we can uh, just take on a whim. I think it is something that we really need to be uh, careful of and mindful of as we do it. 